0: Welcome to the Solutions Toolkit podcast. My name is Michael Dawson from the Action Factory. We are the developers of the Solutions Toolkit, a framework for working with young people in a care situation. A lot's gone on since our last episode that I won't bore you with. Cycle trips around Europe and the building of the new studio here in France. I hope you like it. And I've finally finished the audio course that I've been promising for a long time, and I just can't wait to publish it. We've already started recording, so do watch out for that soon. So this episode is called, Who Cares Wins? I'm pleased with that. Um, (laughs) So today I wanted to talk about you, and me, and our jobs and profession. And you've probably heard me say so many times that you have got the greatest job in the world. There was an incident, or a number of incidents in my life, that got me thinking. So um, let me explain. Whenever I decided to commit a crime as a kid, then the cops would always roll around the corner, you know, like they had me under some kind of surveillance. All right, maybe not crime, but shall we say mischief? So, you know, as kids, we were hanging around behind Manchester Airport in the UK, and as we often did... Uh, I decided to impress everyone by climbing on the church roof. So no sooner had I got up there than the cops arrived. You know, like in the movies, it was like, the kid's on the roof, the kid's on the roof, go, go, go. But instead of blacked out vans and armed SWAT teams, a small police uh, mini came cruising around the corner with two bobbies in. And um, we used to call them panda cars in the old days that used to do the police... Uh, patrol and I was busted. In fact, on another occasion, we were apprehended scrumping apples from a back garden. And after getting caught and being threatened with arrest, I burst into tears. So, uh, you know, I could tell you many more of my crimes if you want a real confession. Man. I mean, I've got a long rap sheet um, two on a bike, trespassing in a field, throwing stones at the windows of old houses and dare I even admit to it, running in a school corridor. So the list is long and embarrassing, but I had a knack of getting caught, and I was thinking on my life of crime, and I I realised something quite revealing about myself, and, and possibly even about you, so do hear me out. It was the reason I feared being apprehended and the reason I cried at the thought of the cops arresting me for stealing apples. And it wasn't the prison time or the wrath of my parents. It was the shame. And it was the shame of my auntie Pat finding out that I'd been up to no good and I was a wrong'un. Now, my auntie Pat is my mother's sister and she probably had no idea what influence she cast over my young life and when i grew up older she became ill with cancer and 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 as children we had parents who i'd best describe as incompetent <laughs> and at worst maybe abusive and it was my mother's sister who watched over us like a guardian angel she was the one who saved my life she brought us gifts at christmas and birthdays not an odd thing for an auntie to do but had she not done that, then we'd have had nothing. And this includes a Christmas dinner. I had immense respect for her, and I knew, as a kid, that getting in trouble would mean my Auntie Pat would find out. Now, I had no fear of her. It was, it was more the shame of letting her down. She'd intimated I was kind of smart and a good lad, and I didn't want to change that impression. So in time, it was, it was inevitable that we would find ourselves in Local authority care, and it was decades later that through internal contacts, I, I I got to see my own care file, and I discovered it was my auntie Pat who had reported my family to social services. I, I, likewise, I, I I was told how she would bring our Christmas presents and some food on Christmas Eve, and then go home and cry every single year. And I knew none of this as I played with the action man she'd brought me on Christmas Eve. So. Being an adult, as you can imagine, this burned me up inside that she seemed to be oblivious to her role in my life. I decided to go and see her and thank her for everything she'd done for me and my family. It was tense and I knew no way of dealing with this. I didn't really have the social skills at the time. So I've got my cup of tea in my hand and I decided to just come out with it as best I could. And I was kind of like, you, you know, when we were kids and stuff and the things you did for us and all that, stutter, stutter, you know. And and, and she didn't look up at me or stop what she was doing. Well, well I just wanted to say thank you and, and I appreciate it so much. Now, my memory is of her messing with a plant or something like that. But she stopped and she said, would you like a cup of tea? And I said, yes. Well... The cancer didn't kill her, but lurked in the background for many years before striking one last time, and she was the best of the best and one of the first in my tiny extended family to go. And still, as I think about that this week, then I think about the subject of this week's podcast, about how the job I do and you do can sometimes be invisible. And if you've followed any of the podcasts you'll already know that being an influence on a young person's life is so important to them. So, and I'll explain that why later. So, like you, I've worked in all areas of the care industry, from education, youth work, residential work, and I'm lucky to have had a role that took me between these worlds frequently. I was working as a care worker in a medium-sized children's home, and I was due to move on. So it was time to share this with the kids before I began my notice. So I was driving the minibus and mentioned my news to a handful of the kids in the back um, that I'd be leaving in maybe a month's time or so. Then there was this loud and unexpected wail from the back of the bus and one of the girls was immensely upset and had to be consoled when we got home. And in honesty, she, she wasn't someone I would say I particularly got on with. And i would not been a key worker or anything like that. However, she explained how she got on better with me than anyone, etc. And it was, it was very distressing to me and very surprising, if I'm honest. So when we do our jobs, I realise that your influence and my influence lives on and it's often invisible and we don't see it on the surface. If you don't believe me, then let's switch sides for a moment. Because as a kid, I went through a number of residential homes as a client. And as you may have gathered from the criminal record I spoke about earlier, I was a mischievous child. You know, my crimes were all in fun and it was only years later as an adult that I realised they were also guilt-free. The staff weren't my family. They were paid to care for me. I didn't need to be appreciative of them or at the least, show it. So locking the staff out of the house or stealing the jam tart stash from the larder was all in fun, honestly. But what struck me was that if we could round up the staff who worked with me as a kid and ask if they had any impact on my life, they'd all just shrug the shoulders and say, I doubt it. In fact, I wish I could round them up and do what I did with my dear Auntie Pat, so I could say thanks to most of them, bear in mind. So, you know, they'd be stunned to hear that the grumbling kid who had to wash dishes was now an independent adult. You know, the kid they coaxed over a cliff with a rope on an adventure weekend, you know, slept in a tent and was able to appreciate the outdoors. The kid they never physically punished with violence, most of them, isn't violent to others as an adult. And the kid who was sent to school and was allowed a school holiday job has never been unemployed as a grown man. And these people, these were my corporate parents, and in the main, they did okay. My only problem is that they might not know it. So deep down, I think they're like you, and they probably suspect they did the right thing most of the time. Mm-hmm. This podcast is simply a reminder of what you already know and something I say again and again. To our clients, you have got the greatest job in the world. But there's another concrete reason why all this matters, and it's this. And in our training, we talk about what we call the big four. And you can check out the podcast on that, or you know, perhaps you've done the training with us, etc. And these are the real scientific reasons that a client with a therapist has a positive outcome. And I believe this is exactly the same with you, and I extrapolate this to you and your job. So as a solutions worker, you know, you don't need problems to improve children's lives. Instead, you want to support your client group consistently and confidently. So given the science behind the big four, it shows us that what the client brings to the room and the relationship with the therapist is hopefully you can see a significance of what I've been talking about so basically a teenager who has a relationship with you can be more trusting in talking to you and a teenager who brings their own hope and placebo to the problem will have better outcomes so the wonderful and clever working model we teach is a small part of the whole it's a third piece that slots it all together but if you never work with us then I hope that today I've made you think about one thing. As we say in NLP, we are always communicating. Doing and saying nothing is communicating. To that end, at the risk of being sentimental, I can't thank the people who cared for me and I don't know if they knew they had the greatest job in the world. But I can thank you. I hope that kind of hits home if you want to find out more about the big four and these huge effects that it has upon uh, your relationships with the young people check out that podcast and um, do let me know what you think have a fantastic week and we'll talk again soon my name is michael dawson from the action factory we are the developers of the solutions toolkit a framework for working with young people in a care environment speak to you soon